Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Mornette. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Naperville Hurling Club, DuPage Symphony Orchestra, and Naomi DuPage. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the Naperville Hurling and Camogie Club is Kristen Taylor. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to talk to you, and uh, we're going to just start out. Give us a little revisit on what is Hurley and Hurling and what is Camogie. Yeah, um, Hurling and Camogie. It's it's the same. It's two words for essentially the same sport. It's uh, the national sport of Ireland. Uh, one of two Gaelic games that they play. Um, men's is called hurling, and then women's is called camogie. And it's a super, super fast-paced sport. Um, kind of has similarities to um, American sports like soccer, football, um, lacrosse, field hockey, baseball. It's a super uh, complex, all-encompassing sport that kind of has just a lot going on all at once. Um, and yeah, it's uh, cool to see that we're able to bring it over here in America too. Yeah. And I think it really seems to be growing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've gone through, you know, years of, um, having different people join the club, hundreds of members, um, and we're continually growing each year, which is really exciting for us. Okay. Now you play for a team that's had quite a lot of success. So talk to us a little bit about that, Kristen. Yeah, um, apart from just our, our regional um, tournaments that we have, um, which we've brought home some wins at, um, we've also sent both men's and women's teams to the national championships. Um, in 2017, we actually brought home a title, a junior B title for the men's side, uh, which is really exciting. So, yeah, we've got um, good success in terms of accomplishments and then just how our team has been growing each year. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, I think there's nothing that sort of helps bring people to a club, right? Like W's in the uh, old win column. That always helps. Yeah, that's a big plus for sure. Yeah. Now, you uh, kind of have a little side job as well. You're American Ninja Warrior, which is uh, very exciting. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and kind of do we need to be an elite athlete for that sport and how it plays into what you're doing with the Naperville Hurling Club? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do uh, Ninja Warrior competitions. Um, that's kind of like my one of my main sports that in hurling. Um, they're they're very different, but um, kind of what draws me into hurling is the same thing that took me took uh, had me take interest into American Ninja Warrior is just the um, complexity of the sports. I like to I tend to go for sports that are just a little bit more tricky than the regular you know sport that anyone else does. Um, I have a pretty extensive athletic background, so. Just the complexity uh, really drew me in, and there's just so much um, athleticism required to play hurling and camogie, and so I just, you know, I'm always up for the challenge. Well, that's wonderful. Well, uh, but now if I'm a if I'm a young person listening in, how how would I feel about it? I mean, you talk about it being complex and it and it's very challenging, but is it easy to kind of get started and get involved in the club? You definitely don't need to be an elite athlete to play hurling or camogie. Um, 
we have completely varying skill levels from absolute beginners all the way up to, you know, people who've come over from Ireland who are playing with us and have been playing since they could walk. So we've got um, just a really wide range of abilities and everybody works together and is able to kind of have, have their own position and find their, find their own um, on the team, which is a really cool aspect about the sport. But um, apart from the community being so welcoming it's just it's a it's an easy thing to pick up. It's fun and, and challenging all at the same time. So it's a good mix. So you can kind of start start uh, small and slow and just get better and better and, and sort of understand the nuances of the game, I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah, there's always no matter how good you are, how long you've been playing, there's always more to develop and, um, you know, master. And I think that's what really appeals to a lot of people is that you're you're constantly working on improving. You, you've yet to master it and uh, kind of plays out that way the whole time. Sure. That's what keeps you coming back, right? Um, now, COVID-19, obviously, this has been the year that has been very challenging for many. How has the club sort of adjusted to the whole pandemic situation? Yeah, I'm really, really proud to say that we've, um, I think we've done an astonishing job of handling um, being able to continue our training and practice um, while at the forefront keeping safety a big factor. So we've um, implemented safety protocols to make sure that we're individually and as a team being safe. Um, we've been really successful with those and those have kind of um, helped us to be able to continue playing from um, kind of after the big wave of the pandemic hit. Um, all the way up until just a couple weeks ago in October. Um, so we've we've handled it well. We've been really successful and and thankfully um, safe from COVID. And so um, yeah, it's been it's been a really nice outlet to have during these challenging times. Yeah, I'm sure you know just in terms of being able to play outside and do something that kind of creates a little sense of normalcy. That's always a good thing. Um, yeah. As you kind of look ahead to 2021, what, what are the big plans for the club? Let's, let's hope that we see COVID behind us at some point here early on. What, what's that going to look like for you, Kristen? Yeah, we've got really, really big goals for this upcoming season in 2021. Um, Boston is going to be the new location of uh, the next national championships. And so we're hoping to field a men's and a women's team Curling and Camogie to get to the championships and um, hopefully bring home some, you know, hardware with us as well. That's exciting. I mean, well, Boston, certainly I, a lot of Irish in Boston, so I, I would feel like they'd have a little bit of a home court advantage there. Um, talk a little <laughs> bit um, as you think about it. What, how many teams, when you talk about hoping to send teams, at, at what levels, what kind of age groups, Kristen, are you looking at? Yeah, so our age groups range from, um, on our team specifically, we've got um, kind of, it's 16 and up. And so when I say up, it goes all the way up till, you know, 60. We have, we have um, some of the older generation representing on our team and um, holding their own, might I add. Um, so we've got, like I said, a wide range of skill level and ages, which is really uh, inclusive. It's, it's, a, it's a cool sport that can kind of be played with just about anybody and anyone who's willing to take the challenge. So, I love that. Not too many uh, times do you find those kind of intergenerational sports where kind of it brings everybody together, and I think those are always good things, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's like a cultural thing. People, a lot of people are proud to, you know, show their Irish heritage and and kind of pick up a sport that is kind of close to home, and then also just really inclusive to other people of different, you know, backgrounds. A lacrosse player. We've got a hockey guy who's joined us on the team. So there's just a lot of, um, you know, a lot of background on the team, which I think is really, really awesome. That's great. Well, listen, thank you so much for stopping by and giving us an update on what you've been doing this year. We wish you all the best of luck next year. Let's hope that uh, Naperville is fully represented at the uh, national championships in Boston in 2021. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. And if you're interested in learning more about the Naperville Hurling and Camogie Club, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. As we close out 2020, now more than ever, Naperville Community Television needs your gift of financial support. Television in its very nature brings people together, and NCTV 17 does that for this city in so many ways. Not just on traditional TV, but on all our platforms to reach as many people as we can with our stories. Stories that matter. By sharing stories, big and small, we foster connection. We're not just another television channel. We are a platform that nurtures the very connection that makes us human through effective video storytelling and relevant conversation. And a more connected city is a stronger, better community for everyone. So during this time of giving, please make a donation to Naperville Community Television at nctv17.com donate. Your gift directly supports our mission of telling local stories on air and online. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette, and joining me now is Kristen Schimmel. She's the executive director of the DuPage Symphony Orchestra. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, thank you for having me. Super glad to have you, and we'll start right out. You know, talk a little bit about the DuPage Symphony Orchestra and its mission. Um, so our mission is to provide inspiration and cultural um, enrichment through musical excellence, educational programs, and community engagement. And it seems like everybody who has a passion for music has that one moment in time where they were impacted by the power of music and it opened up this passion for orchestra. So it's nice that we can be that organization and possibly provide that experience for people. Yeah, I think I, music is such a unifier, right? I feel like it's mm -hmm. something that uh, it takes you back in time. It brings you warm memories. And uh, so, you know, the music, uh, as you think about the music, it's been a long history for the DuPage Symphony Orchestra. Give us a little bit about that background of how the symphony came to be and then your involvement. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the orchestra was founded in 1954 with 45 musicians. Um, our current music conductor, um, Maestro Schubert, joined the orchestra in the 1986-87 season. And since then, the orchestra has grown to over 100 volunteer musicians. And we have a very loyal, passionate group of musicians. And every in every year in May, we have an annual meeting where the musicians get recognized for their years of service. And we have some musicians that have played with us for 30, 40, or even 50 years so far. So um, they're very passionate about the organization and love to perform, so. And I think that's really a lovely thing when you talk about, because sometimes people don't realize that the people that are playing that are up there on stage are all volunteering their time. They're doing it because of their love of music, right? Right, yes. Exactly. How did you get involved? Um, I, I have a music degree and I've always been passionate about music and we moved to the suburbs about nine years ago and I was looking for new ways to get involved um, with organizations and um, I found out about the DuPage Symphony and applied for a job and I've been here for two and a half years. I was originally hired as the managing director and then over the summer was promoted to executive director. So it's nice to get back to something that I'm very passionate about with music. That's what, well, and congratulations on your promotion. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's something <laughs> yeah. nice that's come out of 2020, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not a lot good happening in 2020, unfortunately, mm -hmm. other than you being promoted, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but how has that impacted? I mean, obviously, you took over uh, at, at a very challenging time. The pandemic has right. certainly impacted uh, all of the arts organizations in town. So talk a little bit about how the DSO has uh, handled the, the impact of the pandemic and kind of what you're doing to pivot. Um, well, at, at first we, we thought this was going to be a short-term problem and thought we were we had to cancel our concert starting last March and we had already planned this current season hoping that things would open up again, but unfortunately they haven't. Um, but we really feel like that we have a duty to the community. There's, the, there's such a, music has a healing power to it. And we saw that at the beginning of the pandemic with the footage from the, like when Italy was shut down and everybody was singing from their balconies and um, it, there really is this healing power. So we've been trying to adjust as much as possible um, during the pandemic to still provide um, all the areas of our mission during the pandemic. And um, during when before we were able to gather together, all of our musicians or a majority of our musicians put together some recorded music that they filmed in their homes. And those are all posted on our website. And then once we were able to gather again, we have about six different chamber groups that um, were able to perform small group performances out in the community. Um, I, we had 11 concerts that we were able to do this summer. Um, 1,500 people attended those concerts in person, and then we've also started live streaming our events so that um, there were 12,000 people that were able to watch those concerts from home. So um, that's kind of what we've been adjusting to so far performance-wise. And we did have, so we do have some concerts scheduled for over the winter that we were planning on live streaming. Um, Unfortunately, due to the um, increased restrictions that were just implemented this week, we do have to postpone our first concert, but um, we'll reschedule that as soon as we're able to so that people can enjoy a concert at home over yeah. the winter. 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, you talk about that healing power, and I think that's very true. And I think, and, it, and it's mm -hmm. not just healing for the people uh, listening to the concerts, but I'm sure also for the members of your orchestra. It is, yeah. And they, all of us miss performing for the audiences. Um, I always liked working at the concerts and watching everybody come into the lobby, and they're dressed up and excited for a fun night out. And then just the 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 feeling that you get from being at the hearing live music and experiencing it together. It, we, we all miss that very much. Yeah. Now, how, how can viewers get involved with you? Um, because you are you really, in so many ways, are such an important part of the community. How can the community mm -hmm. get involved with you? Are there any new programs or anything, Kristen? Um, we do have, um, we've really been using this time to kind of reflect on what we offer to the community. And we've taken this opportunity to step back and really dig into our strategic plan to figure out how we can adapt our programming to make it through COVID and also come out stronger when we're able to return. So strategic planning has been a big focus for us. And um, one of the areas that we're trying to do more of during this shutdown is our education and outreach. So we're one of the new programs we're working on is trying to work with um, schools in DuPage County to figure out what they would need and how we could support them with um, activities designed to teach kids about the orchestra and composers and um, how could we how we could be an extension of their curriculum to get more kids passionate about music so that's one of the initiatives that we're working on right now that's awesome and I think uh, you know anytime you can do collaborations and working with the schools mm -hmm. that's always good it's a win-win for everybody mm -hmm. right Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so last as I wrap up here uh, thoughts for 2021 um, we're hoping that as uh, that we can live stream some concerts over the winter and hopefully when it's warm again and we can get back outside and perform live concerts, hopefully with a larger orchestra and more audience in attendance. We, and we just we're excited to get back together and perform live music again for, for everybody. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you. Uh, to find out more about the DuPage Symphony Orchestra, please go and visit their website. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from NAMI DuPage is Jerry Kerger. She's their executive director. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. Super, super glad to have you. Love, love the NAMI branding. And so we'll start right off with that. What is NAMI DuPage? Tell us a little bit about who you are and the programs and services you offer. 
Hi, well, thank you so much. Um, NAMI DuPage is an affiliate of the National NAMI, uh, NAMI Organization, which stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. And the mission of NAMI DuPage is to provide support, advocacy, and education in order to improve the, improve the lives of people with mental illness and their families. Um, and that is exactly what NAMI DuPage does. All of our programs are either support, education, and we do tremendous amounts of advocacy as well. Our support programs, um, I think what makes us most unique and what most people don't realize about NAMI is that our support is not provided by therapists or psychiatrists, but we operate and all NAMIs operate as a peer-led model. These are people who are in recovery from mental illness or family members of someone who is in recovery from mental illness who are providing the support and providing the education that is uh, to, to any of our clients. Um, these people have been specially trained and selected, so not everybody that asks becomes a peer or a family uh, counselor, but because of their training and their ongoing training here with the staff at NAMI, they're able to work through many of the situations, the day-to-day -day situations that someone with a chronic mental illness has, and that are not the kind of topics that you'd have for your therapist or for your psychiatrist. We provide additional information, additional support. And it's really important for people when they have a diagnosis to see someone who is in recovery from that and has, has seeing them living a productive and happy life. And that's, that's the, really the basis of our programs. And our outreach last year, we served about 30,000 people in DuPage County, 23,000 of them in our schools. So our support, our education programs through in the schools and to uh, social groups, to hospitals. We have an employment program where we placed about 85 people in jobs and a recreation program where we serve hundreds of people every year in DuPage County. Yeah, that's a very big job and a lot of things that you're offering. And I'm not sure that everybody sort of realized that peer model and, and really having people that are right in it and have been through it to help guide those conversations and offer those supports. You talked about a, a, a number of things, Jerry, and I think I'd like to start kind of unpacking with one of them, which is, you know, we're, we're going, and you talked about isolation and, and the concerns around mental illness with isolation. And obviously 2020 has been a year, if ever there was one, of a lot of isolation because of the pandemic. Pandemic. How has that played out for you in the world of mental illness? And, and, and conversely, how has that worked for you in some of your programming? Well, the pandemic is sort of a perfect storm because everybody's been impacted in some way. Um, but people who already have a mental illness have been especially um, impacted. Many of them have exacerbated symptoms. Um, in the beginning, particularly, they weren't able to see uh, a physician or a therapist on a regular basis. It was before we were caught, we, much of telehealth was being done. So there were a lot of people that weren't on their medication to begin with. And one of the other things that we uh, see all the time is that um, people who are isolated are much more at risk um, for suicide, for uh, violence, uh, for drug use. And in DuPage County, the first six months of uh, 2020 saw a 23% increase in suicides and a 52% increase in fatal overdoses. 
and most of those, the coroner, DuPage coroner did um, sort of a, a dive into the backgrounds and found that many of those people were actually depressed, they were isolated, had issues with substance and marital or financial issues. So it's sort of across the board um, that it's really impacted many people, but particularly people that have had a history of anxiety or depression. So how, you know, as you look at that, I mean, obviously a, a part of a problem is always first identifying the problem. So Jerry, as you would give advice on that. How, how do you sort of identify somebody who is struggling with mental illness? Well, I think one of the things that we tell people to do is to look at your friend or family member to see if they're noticing a change. And that's usually one of the first things. People will um, change their eating habits, either eat too much or too little, their sleeping habits, too much or too little, uh, behavior as far as maybe irritability, they may not be seeing the same way. Uh, sometimes people, particularly people who are depressed, lose um, interest in things that they like to do, they don't want to do them. And you always have to be careful too. One of the big signs of uh, potential um, suicide is people that are giving away objects or, or uh, saying goodbye to people or making phone calls. So those are all um, really big symptoms. But I think one of the things that, and a lot of times people just pass that off, that it's not a big deal. But um, if you talk to people who are depressed, they will often tell you things like, I couldn't get off the sofa because my feet felt like they were in a cement block or I was wearing cement shoes. And if you think about it that way, then you think, well, that's more than somebody's just a little bit tired. Okay. So those are some of the symptoms that we want to, we want to look for. So look for changes. They're okay. probably the key. So Jerry, you know, you talk about kind of looking for those signs of change and, and, and just being on the lookout for that kind of stuff. So how would you, how would NAMI suggest that we either look to get somebody that we think might need some help uh, connected or, or how would we encourage them to find that help? Well, some of that may depend on the exact situation and whether a person is in a crisis or if a person is in a crisis, you'd want to call the suicide prevention hotline at 1-800-273-TALK or the DuPage crisis line at 630-627-1700. Um, for non-crisis, you could um, get a hold of the uh, uh, state of Illinois uh, calm line, which is not a hotline. They call it a calm line that give resources. But I'd also recommend, and we have many, many people, hundreds of people that call us and for non-emergencies and say, what can I do? And we can give you an answer as a peer of what, what resources may be out there and um, how we might be able to connect you to resources. Well, I think that's something I've heard you say a couple of times now, and I think that's really important for our viewers to know, right, is that NAMI really is about a lot of resources. I mean, you're bringing a lot of uh, uh, things to bear for people that are either suffering, suffering with mental illness or have people that are close to them that may be suffering. It, it's really about connecting to resources. That's exactly right. Yeah. And really, I think it's also about giving hope. Uh, to people who oftentimes have none. We have parents that come to classes and they think, oh my gosh, you know, my child is doing these things that mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand and it's making us all so uncomfortable and maybe he's been kicked out of school or whatever kinds of problems, maybe drugs involved. And they come into a parent class or a family class 
and they say what their child has done. Every, you know, half the people turn around and said, oh yeah, we had that. Oh yeah, we know, <laughs> we know. So, you know, it's kind of that uh, work of, that you find that problems can be workable solutions, that there are solutions and that recovery is possible even in the worst of circumstances. Yeah, always good to know you're not alone in your problems, right? That's a big benefit. That's you are not alone is the uh, NAMI motto. Yeah, there you go. Jerry, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. We thank you for all the good work that your folks are doing. And uh, we look forward to hopefully what will be a brighter horizon in 2021. And oh, if, thank you so much. You're welcome. And if you would like more information about NAMI DuPage, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you would like to learn more about the organizations we talked to today, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernett. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.